Welcome to Cross Communities Podcast. We're glad you're here to listen today. We hope that today's message will strengthen your faith and help you to love God and people more. Well, it is good to be home. It is so good to see all of you. And uh, hello to you online. I'm so glad that you're here. I hope you've enjoyed. I want to just take this moment at the at the beginning to thank Pastor Kyle and Chris Smith and our missionaries for bringing the word while I was gone. I have such confidence in those that I uh, ask to preach or that God lays on my heart to invite to preach that I was just able to go away, turn off my phone, and just invest time in our family. Went over the the bridge for the first time. Our state is beautiful. Man, it was incredible. Uh, We had some great times. We had some uh, interesting times that I'm sure will become sermon illustrations in the future. Uh, But it is good to be home, and I am so grateful for Chris and for Kyle and for the Owens and for Deidre and all that they do to just keep things running. It's been great. Can you give them a hand once again to show your appreciation for their their gifts? Well, we begin a new series today, and it is around a book called Win the Day. And by Mark Batterson, who's a pastor in of a church in uh, Washington, D.C., uh, I enjoyed reading this book. Now, I want to say a couple of things right at the beginning. I am not going to read this book to you for sermons over the next seven or eight weeks. Uh, is that okay that I say that? But there's enough of what Mark, uh, Pastor Mark wrote in here that is going to find its way from Scripture, and I want you to see those places where these connect, these seven habits that he's going to show us, that I just didn't feel like I could preach a series without giving him credit. And so if you want to know more, we're definitely not going to get into all that Pastor Mark has in this book in our little times together over the next few weeks. So if you're interested in hearing more about these habits, seeing them in your life, we do have copies available in the lobby, and you can pick those up. I think they're $15, and it's a nice hardback version. I think I checked this on on uh, Amazon, and it was like 22 bucks. So you're getting a deal. If you'd like to read along, I think it's, it's a great book. There are wonderful things that you can learn. The other thing that I'm loving, and Pastor Kyle mentioned this, is that these principles that do come out of Scripture are things that people you know who may not be churchgoers can really hang on to. So this is your opportunity on Monday when you go in and you see your colleague and they're like, oh, I'm so stressed. Hey, guess what? My church is doing a series on how you can, there's seven habits that will help you stress less and get more accomplished. Why don't you come with me? Or why don't you watch online? Isn't that easy? It's so simple. And so I want to encourage you to do that. But of course, uh, we are going to read scripture Because the principles that Pastor Mark pulls out are found here in the Bible. And so I want you to take your Bibles or however you get your Bible. If you need an app, you want to open that. I'm going to ask you to open that to the book of Joshua. It's towards the beginning. It's okay if you need your table of contents. That's what it's there for. And so open up to the book of Joshua, Joshua 
chapter 5, and we're just going to read a few verses. Normally, what I do as a pastor, uh, if you've been around here a while, you know, I have one passage, and I really unpack it, and we look at uh, Hebrew words, and we look at all those things. Today, we're going to be more looking at a narrative overview of a story of the children of Israel. And their release, God's releasing them uh, in dramatic fashion from being slaves in Egypt and bringing them into the land that he had promised to bring them to. We're going to jump in. Joshua is towards the tail end, right before they go on over in to the promised land. And so hear the word of the Lord this morning from Joshua chapter 5. We'll begin at verse 9. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. So the place uh, has been called Gilgal to this day. Gilgal sounds like the Hebrew word for roll away. And so that's why they call it Gilgal. Because God said to them, I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt. Verse 10, on the evening of the 14th day of the month, while camped at Gilgal on the plains of Jericho, the Israelites celebrated the Passover. The day after the Passover, that very day, they ate some of the produce of the land, unleavened bread and roasted grain. It wasn't much, but it was something. The manna stopped the day after they ate this food from the land. There was no longer any manna for the Israelites, but that year they ate the produce of Canaan. This is the word of God for the people of God, and our response is, thanks be to God. Well, in 1980, skipper John Bertrand and his crew of the yacht. The Australia 2. I think we have a picture of that, James, do we not? There it is. There's the the crew in their very 1980 shorts. In 1980, they began to train for the America's Cup. If you're not really into yachting, I'm not very much into yachting. This was a story that I'm pulling from Pastor Mark's book. But he tells the story of this skipper who was trying to get his crew ready. And they had some design things that were going to help him. It was the first, I think they called it a winged keel. And the Dutch had had, had, had developed this, and they were the first to incorporate it into their yacht. They thought that was going to give them a, an advantage, but Skipper John knew that there was something more that had to happen than just a technological advance. You see, the United States had held that title since the 1850s. And I think it was like 183 years that they had held the America's Cup. So they knew. I mean, you know, we're, we're about to get into football season. Everybody ready for it? I didn't see the, the end of the game last night. Did uh, Lions win? Steelers win? I had to ask. I, I guess, Okay. Yeah, I had to ask. Uh, sorry. Sorry, Lions fans. Uh but you know, you know when football season starts and you begin to see that one team that just continues to have a zero in the loss column. They just continue to win and to win and to win. Everybody says they have what on their back? They have a target on their back. Everybody wants to beat them. But if you started having a zero and in your win column was 183 years, 
Oh my goodness. That's, that's not just a target on your back. That's a weight on your opponent's shoulder. I mean, there, there is something. And Skipper John knew that something had to change. Their narrative had to change. Something deep inside of them, their story, their possibilities, all of that had to change. And so what did he do? He made a recording. He made a re- an audio recording of a boat cutting through the water. And then he layered on top of that the sounds of the sea and the gull, the, the sounds of, of the, the ship being worked and all of those things. And then he added in his own narration as if he were the commentator that was calling the race. And as the, this recording went on, he began to talk and he began to show. And in his recording, the Australia 2 won the race. He made a I know this is ancient technology for those of you who are watching online. He made cassette tapes for the whole crew. And they passed them out and he said, I want you to listen to this tape at least twice a day. Now I'm going to tell you the end of the story. The end of the story is that the Australia 2 won the next America's Cup. And they won it by 41 seconds. That would be like, we just finished the Olympics, that would be like doing a, a one-time-around-the-track race and you lap the second person. I mean, like, it's just blowing somebody literally out of the water. How could they do that? Maybe it was the technology, but Skipper John believes it was because they had already won that race 2,190 times before they even left the starting block. They knew they could do it. They believed something different. What Skipper John had helped them do is our first habit. He helped them to flip the script. Now, you and I, when we think of flipping something or flipping the script, we think a little too instantaneous. We think like one of these things. I mean, just got a picture of it. You know, an on-off switch. So if something is off... Well, I'm going to flip my script and I'm just going to turn it on and boom, everything's going to be magically wonderful. Or if there's something going that, that needs to stop, oh, well, we just flip the script and we just turn it off. I, I have, a, I have a, an example here. So we need lights and so boom, oh, and nothing happens. Oh, there it is. We flip the light on. And when it's time to go to sleep, we just flip a switch and it goes off. And this is what we do. We think it's inter- inst- uh, instant. What we don't realize, although this happens instantly, there is actually a process that's going on. That when this energy moves this switch to this location, it connects a circuit which then sends light through and out to the diodes and they light up and it goes out to you. It's just that it happens like that. And so I wanted, as, as he was talking about flip the script, I was kind of having this internal thing because it, it seems so instantaneous. But as I read this, the chapter, he doesn't use this term, but I decided this really needs, we need to understand flip in a different way. And so I want us to look at it in terms of this. Flip the script. And flip means that the freedom that God gives us, freedom leads into process. Just like when you flip that switch, it does lead into a process. Now that process is quick, but when God brings freedom to our lives, he then leads us immediately into process. And sometimes that is difficult. 
Sometimes we can really struggle. We think, oh, I've been set free. God has forgiven me. I've accepted Christ into my heart and, and, and He's empowering me. But in that moment, we think everything must change. And sometimes things radically change. Everything radically changed. You've heard the testimonies of those who struggled with an addiction or something, and they gave their heart to Christ, and, and somehow it was just gone. But as a counselor, more often than not, I have seen someone set free from the guilt and shame that their addiction has caused, and that freedom had to lead them into the process of beginning to let go of the cravings, beginning to let go of the bad habits, to begin to let go into the process of seeing friends change or patterns change or habits change. And so when we talk about this habit that's going to bring less stress to us, that's going to change our narrative, our story, I want you to understand flipping the script in terms of the freedom that God gives leads into process. Are you with me? All right. What does this process entail? I think there are three things that this process really uh, leads us. If we want to flip the script, if we want that freedom to lead into process, the first thing that it does, the first thing that we have to do is we have to recollect the past rightly. You may want to write this down. We need to recollect the past, but we need to recollect the past rightly because your memory And my memory is selective. And so we need to recollect the past, but we need to recollect it rightly. If we're ever going to move on into what God is calling us to, if we're going to flip that script, we're going to let that freedom lead into process, we have to recollect the past rightly. The first part of the past that we always kind of gravitate to, because it's just kind of how our brains are wired, is that we have to recollect the bad or the negative of the past. And we see this in the story of Israel right at the very beginning. If you want, you can turn to Exodus chapter 4. I'm just going to read verse 10. Exodus chapter 4, verse 10. This is Moses. God is calling Moses. And if you, if you don't know the story of Moses, you really ought to read. Just, just go back to chapter 1 and read forward. But God calls Moses to go back and lead his people out. And to say to Pharaoh, the strongest, the world, the world's strongest leader of his time, to say, let my people go. But you see, Moses kind of had this negative past when it comes to speaking. He says to God then, Moses said to Yahweh, to the Lord, Pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past, nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. Moses' story, Moses' script told him, I'm not bad. Now, a lot of scholars have said, well, maybe he had a stuttering problem or something along those lines. And his script said, I cannot do this. I can't be the leader. You've got to look for another leader, God. Don't put this on me. I can't do this. But God was going to flip the script for Moses. He was going to lead him into the process. He was going to call him 
into this still that he was going to put his word in Moses' mouth. Now, he was going to do it in a different way. It was going to take some time. It was going to lead into that process. Aaron was going to come forward, his brother, and God said, I'm going to give my word to you, Moses, and then you're going to say to Aaron, and I'll let Aaron speak for you. But over time, as we'll see, that script began to flip as the freedom that God gave Moses led into that process. He began to recollect the past rightly. And what that meant was that your past, Moses' past, does not determine what God can or can't do. I think there are some of you today who need to write that down. You need to put that on a three-by-five card. You need to put that on your mirror. You need to put that on the dashboard of your car where where you watch how fast you're going and just cover it up anyways because you don't pay attention to that thing. To where you begin to say to yourself over and over, my past does not determine what God can or cannot do. Moses discovered that. The children of Israel discovered that. As they began to see God flip the script, that the freedom God was giving them was leading them into a process of seeing that script, that narrative that held them down and held them back, get buried. And that can happen for you and that can happen for me. But not only do we need to recollect the negative parts of the past rightly, we also need to recollect the positive parts of the past rightly. We need to look at the good. And so jump a little bit further ahead. Or if you're in an app, this is very easy for you. Go to Numbers chapter 11 verse 5. Now, God has led, if you don't know the story of the Exodus, God has led the children out through many signs and wonders and miracles, the greatest of which that we probably all know about is the parting of the Red Sea. They walked through the Red Sea. God provided for them. God was in their midst by a pillar of cloud during the day, a pillar of fire at night. He led, he moved them, he met with them on the mountaintop. He showed them and gave them the Ten Commandments, I mean, it's just, you've, you've probably had those moments like, God, where are you? Show up. They had all of that. And yet, in the midst of all of this, even when they were traveling around, God provided food for them. It was called manna. Manna is the Hebrew word that they think just means, what is it? Manna. What is it? It's manna. I said, what is it? Oh, okay. What is it? But it was something that sustained them on their journey. And they began to get tired of eating it. And so they began to recollect the past. They began to dig that up again. Even though they had been given great freedom, they'd seen signs and wonders, they began to complain. Look at this complaint in Numbers 11, verse 5. They actually said this. If... If our teenagers said this, I think we'd send them to to bed without dinner. If only we had meat to eat. We remember the fish we ate in Egypt at no cost. Also the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. But now we have lost our appetite. We never see anything but this manna. The manna, which was a miracle. And they begin to recollect 
the what they perceive as the positive of the past. They begin to just paint such a rosy picture of the past. Free fish, free cucumbers, free onions. Oh, it was so good. There was a problem, though. They were also slaves. For centuries. Have you gotten stuck in the good of the past? Are you ready today, in this moment, to begin to say to God, I need you to flip the script of the good of the past. I need the freedom that you gave me to lead me into the process of letting go of what I think was so good. Because we can tend to get stuck in a decade we can get stuck in, in, in a year. We can get stuck in something that was good. And it causes us to overlook what was really happening. And so if we're going to let God flip the scripts, we have to begin to let go. Not just of those negative things in our story, but we also have to begin to let go of what we claim as positive that is trapping us in a moment back there. Instead of being in the present moment with God. What are the good things? Secondly, not only do we have to recollect the past rightly, we have to reconfigure the present. We have to reconfigure the present. This is so important. We always want to talk about past and future. But we need to reconfigure the present. I want us to look at this here in uh, Deuteronomy. The entire book of Deuteronomy is really like Skipper John Bertrand's cassette tape for his Australian team. In this book, the whole book of Deuteronomy, and trust me, we're not going to read the whole book of Deuteronomy. You can thank me later. But the whole book of Deuteronomy is Moses giving a speech. And he's really recalling, it's almost like they're right at the end of the story. They're about to go into the promised land. And Moses stands up and begins to, to speak. And he begins to tell them the story of everything that they've seen in the past 40 years. And he reminds them, do you remember? We were delivered. We were walking in the wilderness. We were coming here. It's really only about a 14-day hike from Egypt to where the promised land was. And remember we got up to this area. And remember I selected leaders from every tribe. And I sent them as spies into the land. And remember they came back. And when they came back, they said there were big people over there. I mean, really big people. So we're like grasshoppers to them. Remember, there were only two of them. It was Joshua and Caleb who said, but God is on our side. They remembered the one who had split the seas so that we could walk through. They remembered the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire. They remembered the rumblings on the mountain. They remembered what was given. They remembered the manna. They remembered the meat that God provided. And they were ready to go. If God's on our side, we can take them. But there were ten who said, there's no way. We can't do this. And that began to fester in them. Their, their present got reconfigured in a negative way. And the whole camp of Israel said, we're not going in. We can't do this. And Moses says, you remember this. And do you remember then that God was angry? And he said, we're going to go back into the wilderness. And so that 40-day or that, that 
14-day journey took them 40 years. And as you get to the end of the book of Deuteronomy in chapter 29, this is the only part we're going to read of this. They're back. They're ready to go. Those who were a part of that crew who had, who had said, we can't do this. They had all died off. Their children were coming in. And Moses is retelling them that story and reminding them. I love this part. He says, Yet the Lord says, During the 40 years that I led you through the wilderness, your clothes did not wear out, nor did the sandals on your feet. You ate no bread and drank no wine or other fermented drink. I did this so that you might know that I am the Lord your God. What was going on in the midst of that? What was happening as God was delivering them in that moment? He was beginning, he led them back out to begin to flip that script for them. That the freedom that he had given them at the Red Sea was led into the process of beginning to reconfigure their present. And they begin to see that that trip in the wilderness, that past, it wasn't a punishment, it was preparation for what was coming. And they needed to refresh. They needed to let that script be flipped. They needed for that freedom to lead them into the process. I love what Mark says in the book. He says, God got Israel out of Egypt in one day. It took 40 years to get Egypt out of Israel. The past wasn't punishment. It was preparation for where God was leading them. Where are you in the present right now? Is there some reconfiguring that needs to happen as God's freedom leads into process as that script gets flipped for you? Maybe you need to let go of something in the past, whether it's good or bad. But maybe, just maybe, the Holy Spirit is putting His finger on your situation right now, today, person at home. And that situation, God is saying, this thing right here, remember all the things that I've done for you along the way. Can you reconfigure? Can you see that all of this is so that you will learn to trust that I am with you and I am your God? Lastly, number three, not only do we have to recollect the past rightly, and not only do we have to reconfigure the present, but then we must recommit to the one who is leading you into the future. We must recommit to the one who is leading us into the future. Did you hear how I phrased that? We're not trusting in the future. We're trusting in the one who is leading us into the future. Because when our present is reconfigured, we begin to see that he is Lord and he is God. And it is he, the one who has been with us the whole trip through the good, the bad, and the ugly of our past. Who has used that as preparation for this moment for us to move into the future that he is calling. We recommit to God, the one who is leading us into the future. And now we are back to our beginning verse. 
If you want to back up the few verses before that, there was a very specific way that they recommitted before they went into the land. I'm not going to read that because some of you have to drive with toddlers on the way home and it just would bring up a lot of questions. Uh, This is one of those instances where we are reassured that the Bible is a very ancient text. And there was a specific way that they were called then to commit to God, specifically as men. But the, the core that I want you to pull out of this is that they were called to recommit. And you and I in this moment, if we're going to allow that freedom to lead us into the process of allowing the script, the narrative of our lives to be changed, we have to recollect the past rightly. We have to really begin to bring out what are those negative things that we're holding on to or what are those positive things that are trapping us in the past. We have to reconfigure the present. We have to realize that God is with us. Look around. The old song used to say, count your blessings, name them one by one. This is what God is doing what God has done he is there and then we move and we recommit to the one who is leading us into the future and it is then after all of this has taken place that we see the Lord say it's today today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you That there was a process. Oh, I set you free at the Red Sea. But we've been in a process to let those negative things go. Those positive things that you think trap you back there and cause you to remember wrongly. We've been reconfiguring that present. And now you have recommitted to me. The one who's leading you into this promised land. And today, because of that, I have Remove the reproach. That's a fancy way of saying, I've flipped the script and we're going to move in and things are going forward. My friends, what script in your life needs to be flipped? There is freedom that is found in God. Maybe for some of you today or some of you who are watching online, you think I'm so bad. I've done something so wrong in the past. There's no way that God could use me. I want you to know there is freedom. That flipping of the script can begin today. Your past does not determine what God can or cannot do with you. You have only to place your trust in Him, and He will set you free and lead you into that process that can truly flip the script in your life. So today, if you need that kind of freedom that will lead you into this process, I'm going to invite you in just a moment to pray with me a prayer that leads in that freedom. But for a lot of us, we've been around church for a long time. And I want you to know, the good news is the freedom that God gave you in Jesus is to begin to flip the script. That that freedom needs to lead into a process. A process of recollecting the past, which means some of those negative tapes, those negative sound bites, those negative things are going to need to drop away. And He will help you to do that. For some of us who have been in church for a long time, we need to stop living in the past Letting it trap us back there. We need to recollect and let God move us into the present and begin to reconfigure it around what He has been doing in the church and in your life 
for decades. And we need to see it again. But today, Cross Community Church, my friends, my brothers, my sisters, are we ready as we head into the fall, into the unknown of what is happening or what is coming in our schools, in our work, in our shutdown, in our government, with storms? Are we ready to recommit to the one who is leading us into that future? I said, church, are we ready to recommit to the one who is leading us into that future? Are you sure? Are you just now awake? (laughs) Friends, let God flip the script in your life. We're going to begin to look at these habits. This first one is so important. Find a way to listen to this sermon again. Find a way to write some things down. Take it with you. God wants that freedom to lead into a process for you that will change the narrative and possibly the direction of your life. Let's pray. Father, today we're so grateful that you don't just set us free and leave us alone, but that your goal is to lead us into a process of changing everything. Setting us free in every way. Setting us free from old tapes. Setting us free from old sound bites that keep us trapped in the past. Setting us free from what we think we remember was so good while ignoring some of the things that were overlooked. God, you're calling us in this moment reveal to us again the things that you have sustained in us and in this church over the decades. Let us reconfigure the present that we might see you. And today, I pray that we would recommit to you as you lead us into the future. There may be some friends who are here this morning or online want to know about the freedom that you give that leads into that process. And so if that is you, my friend, I invite you to pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I'm trapped in the past. There are things in my life that I don't want anyone to know about. But I believe you can set me free. So I confess my need for you. I invite you to come in to my life. Set me free, Lord Jesus. And I ask this through your name. Father, if someone prayed that prayer right now, I pray they would experience you setting them free in this moment. Whether they're here or online, whether they're in their home or in the office or in their car, I pray that they would experience your freedom right now in this moment. Father, for us as a church, we now turn to your table. We pray that as we take bread and cup, 
that it would be a sign of our recommitment to you that we need you to provide bread. We need you to provide our spiritual drink that will nourish us and take us into our crazy world with less stress and able to accomplish what you are calling us to accomplish. So we thank you for this table. We pray that you would use this bread and this cup, fill it with your grace, and may it strengthen your church. For we pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Let's go ahead. If you're online, you need to grab some bread and something to drink. Go ahead and do that really quick. We're going to go ahead and do the noisy bit of communion in the 2020s. So go ahead and open those. Make all the noise. Get ready. If you are here today or you're here online and you think, I can't take communion, I have one question to ask you. Are you hungry for the God that I've talked about today? Was there something that's stirring in your heart and you want to know this Jesus that I've talked about? If you are hungry for that kind of God, then I invite you to find some bread and a cup. And I invite you to take communion along with us. This isn't my table. This isn't the church's table. This is the table of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he wants his table full. We believe that somehow His grace comes to us in bread and cup, sustains us, forgives us, heals us, and moves us into our world through His mercy. So we invite you to take. My friends, on the night that Jesus was betrayed, He took bread and He broke it. And He said, This is my body broken for you. Take and it out and said, this is my blood shed for you. Take all of you and drink. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for your sacrifice that allows for freedom, allows that freedom to lead into process. We pray that you would begin that process in us both as individuals and as a church. Help us to stress less and accomplish more by your grace than we ever could on our own power. Pray that you would bless my brothers and sisters as they go. Pray that you would bless those who are watching online. Sustain us and help us. Lead us, we pray, into the future that you are calling us to. Thank you in the name of the Father who is for us, in the name of the Son who is with us, and in the name of the Holy Spirit who is in us, one God forever and ever. Amen. There's good stuff in this book, isn't it? I invite you to get a copy of it, read it, talk about it, enjoy. I I didn't even scratch the surface of what you could get out of the first couple of chapters. So pick up a copy. Would you stand and receive this blessing? And now may you, my brothers and sisters and my brothers and sisters online, may you experience the freedom that only God can give. And may you experience God beginning to flip the script, to lead you in the process of seeing that story change. I pray 
that the past, both the good and the bad, will be buried where it needs to be. That your present will be reconfigured to understand the God who is with you. And that you will commit not to a plan, but to a person who is leading you in the future. Pray that you will go in his strength and his power. And I pray that you'll begin to see that script flipped in your lives. I pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Go in peace. Thank you for joining us online. We'll see you next week. God bless you. for tuning in to Cross Communities Podcast. We hope you will join us next week.